Welcome to Building Conversations, a construction podcast powered by the STO Building Group. On today's episode, Public Relations Manager at Layton Construction, Brian Packer, discusses Layton's unique approach to virtual design and construction with the company's VDC team leaders, John Ferguson, Director of Visualization, Jeff Metcalf, Vice President of Information Systems, and Tim McLaughlin, Director of BIM. Welcome to Building Conversations, the STO Building Group podcast. I'm Brian Packer, Public Relations Manager at Layton Construction, and today I'm joined by a few members of Layton's virtual design and construction team. John Ferguson, our Director of Visualization, Jeff Metcalf, Vice President of Information Systems, and Tim McLaughlin, our Director of BIM. So first, let's uh, do some introductions, if you guys don't mind. I'd love to, to have you introduce who you are and what is your role and what do you do and how did you get into VDC? So let's start with you, John. Hey, Brian. Um, yeah, my name is John Ferguson. Um, I'm the Director of Visualization here at Layton Construction. Um, I primarily help with kind of the pre, pre-side of the VDC kind of bucket. Um, and I got into VDC, um, I actually started in the architectural side of things. So helping with, um, I started as early as drafting, getting into modeling, um, and then into kind of the design pursuit side of things, and then made my way over to Layton Construction. Great. Thanks, John. Uh, Tim. Yeah, my name is Tim McLaughlin. I'm the director of BIM at Layton Construction. I got started at a large electrical contractor firm, um, heading up there. CAD department, and then we got into really the 3D side about a couple years into it, really was forced by an architect to get into it, and then we took it from there and really grew that department, and then I came over to Layton Construction about six years ago, and everything from there. Great. Jeff? Yeah, I'm Jeff Metcalf, Vice President of Information Systems here at Layton. I inherited these groups as part of our overall technology initiatives here at Layton. My background is actually in accounting, but I have a lot of history in managing project risk, especially financial risk, visualization in terms of data visualization, reporting, and, and that kind of thing. Perfect. John, can you, uh, why don't we start with you? Let's have you, why don't you describe Layton's approach to VDC? How does it differ from other companies? And uh, why did we decide to go with the approach that we did? Yeah, so Layton Construction has been a heavy investor in the VDC uh, for a long time. Um, I started with Layton about 10 years ago, and about 10 years ago, we, were, we already had kind of an established BIM process, but it was very basic. It checked the boxes of BIM coordination, and that was about it. And so one of the things that we kind of we dove headfirst into was how do we give a predictable outcome to our owners? And the way to do that is to utilize technology through VDC and to implement that as early in the process as we can. So one of our differentiators is we're implementing VDC practices pre-award. You know, we're building buildings, we're scanning, we're using drones, we're capturing as much digital data as we possibly can, even before we've won the job so that when we're interviewing, um, when we're trying to win new work, our clients have a very clear picture and a predictable you know, approach to how we're gonna build their project from day one. Um, and that rolls pre-award into pre-construction 
um, and it just gets heavier in the BIM and VDC and goes through the operations process. And so we decided to make that approach because the technical IQ of our customers has gotten higher. And so we've had to kind of match that. And it starts early in that process. Design build is becoming one of the norms. And so we had to step up our game kind of in that that pre side of things um, in construction. Great. Um, any of the others, Tim or Jeff, either of you want to add to that at all? Yeah, I would say, Brian, that, uh, you know, especially in the pre-award, pre-construction phase of the project, I think being able to have that visual from the owner's perspective is incredibly valuable. I look at it as a difference between looking at maybe sheet music and actually going to a concert and listening to the music being played. It's that stark of a contrast and that much of a, a leap in terms of the um, way an owner can can experience what their project is going to look like and how it's going to be built. And so that's really powerful for an owner to see. And uh, it helps us all be on the same page in terms of expectations and setting those expectations for a successful outcome for us and for the owner. Let's move on to the process now. John, how does the process begin? It usually typically begins with your team, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Typically, it starts with the visualization side and we've really kind of intertwined ourselves with our marketing and business development teams at Link Construction. So, you know, when a, a new request comes in from all across the country, I get a copy of that. And so it, it starts with kind of gathering that source information as early as everybody else on the team. So as, as soon as they start pursuing a job, I'm getting those drawings, I'm getting those documents and really starting to create kind of a strategic approach to that project using the tools that I have access to, the technology um, that, that VDC has. And so it kind of gives us that, that different perspective that the marketing teams or pre-con or even business developers, you know, they rely on us to use those tools to see the project. And so it starts very, very early in the process. And, you know, we're kind of creating the, the storyboard of how we're going to build that job um, using VDC. When we're in the pursuit process, um, is your team brought in on every project or is it just for select projects? We're becoming involved in more and more projects as we, you know, with the word of mouth and the successes have started to come out, we're being involved in more. Um, there's definitely a level of effort analysis that's done. There's certain projects that don't warrant like a full court press on VDC. There's things that we can do coming up with some of the strategies, some of the approach to logistics and schedule. We can still have a little bit of impact, but we're not involved in every single project just because, you know, the level of project differs. Um, there's some that have really, really fast schedules that turn around. There's repeat clients that we already have that established relationship with. And so, you know, it varies, but we try and we're available for all projects, but, you know, it's kind of up to them if they want to use that resource or not. Okay, great. When the pursuit portion is done, is your team still involved? Yeah, we are. We we have a couple of projects right now that we've actually been um, working through pre-construction. So we, we gather all this information pre-award and then we we're kind of sitting on it. So we have these long-term projects, um, primarily in the healthcare sector that have very long pre-construction schedules. We're talking, you know, two, three plus years. Um, and so, 
There's a lot of stakeholder meetings. There's a lot of user group meetings that our team has to present our approach and our phasing to. And so we're we're constantly updating those as the new design packages come out and updating that. You know, there's our subcontractor gives us some new information. We're we're creating new presentation to our our owners, those user groups, to keep them informed and kind of keep that information flowing until that first shovel hits the ground. And so, you know, we're pretty heavily involved in pre-construction, but once that uh, once that hits, there's there's kind of that fine handoff to Tim's group with the the BIM coordination and the operations approach. So Tim, at what point does your team jump into the process and start doing the BIM side? Yeah, uh, I would say every project's a little bit different. Sometimes we're on the project way early, maybe even pre-award um, of a project, we'll be doing a design review and seeing where really what we're going to be up against, see where the pitfalls could be, where the issues, just so we can get in front of it, get in front of the owner design team on that. And then, you know, a standard project, if we're getting it, you know, after CDs come out, right after John's done with this thing and we get awarded, that's when we're jumping in there and starting to, you know, fly through it, seeing what we have and getting all those trade partners on board. Do you guys rely on um, any of the information, any of the data, the stuff that John's team puts together to help you? Oh yeah, for sure. So we'll definitely uh, take his models you know, they're going to go through some different iterations of what the project could be, and we want to take those into account. Tim, what is BIM? Tell us what BIM is. Yeah, so BIM, I, it means multiple things, I think, for different companies, but for latent construction, BIM for us is the BIM coordination. And really what we're trying to do and focus on here is to get this project to run smoothly, find all the pitfalls, things, the issues that we're going to, we could run into out in the field and capture them and catch them and fix them before you know, it becomes a real costly issue for either us or the owner or design team. Great. Tell us a little bit about then, how does your team handle that, that BIM coordination process throughout the project? Kind of just give us a rough idea of, you know, from that start there, what are the steps that you guys do take? Yeah, so we uh, kick off the meeting with our trade partners and kind of get them to understand our BIM process and how we go about it and how it differs from other projects that they've done in the past. Get everyone on the same page and then once we start working in those coordination meetings, we try to get that design team or the design team involved um, in our meetings. That definitely improves this process. Um, they can answer our questions on right on the meeting, um, and then we don't have to do so much back and forth with the RFIs, and then that taking the longer process to get things done and coordinated. Um, the involvement with the design team and the different trades in subs themselves, how, how, is that a day-to-day thing or is it a weekly thing? Talk a little bit about that process. Yeah, so again, every project can be a little different. You know, a, a warehouse is going to be ran a little different than a hospital. A lot of projects, there are, you know, communication between the trades and, and us um, daily. And then, you know, the, we have our standard coordination either once or twice a week or depending on what the schedule of that project's going to be and the speed that we need to go. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of communication. We want everyone talking because that collaborative approach is what's going to get things done and get that project to run smoothly. I hear the word clash a lot, clash detection within BIM. What, what are some of those things that you guys are looking for or that you may run into from time to time? Yeah, so I think some of the bigger examples are any of the system mains. So like with plumbing waste or storm pipes that are routing through the building, those clashes against 
or trying to get those routed around um, against duct work is where we really see a lot of clashes because they're going to have those large duct mains going down corridors and then you're going to have these storm pipes that have to cross and get to the perimeter of the building and those are sloped so we have to make sure we can get those two systems into or passing each other without causing a conflict. Um, and then it's not just that, but I think the major issue that the owner and design team are looking at is making sure we're still giving them the design that they came to us with that they wanted, uh, making sure they have those ceiling heights, the height that they want them, and then make sure we don't have access panels in, you know, those decorative ceilings that they have. Right. I was going to say that that can be a key thing when it comes to the design. And I'm sure our architects are very involved in this because, yeah, they don't want the the end look to be different than what the owner agreed to and what they're excited about. Yeah, definitely. The owners want one thing and then our, you know, MEP contractors want another. They want the ease of install and the owner and design team want it to look beautiful still. So is your team, the BIM team, then you guys are involved in the process pretty much through to the end, aren't you? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, Because there's there's always things that, you know, they want to look at later, maybe change something, maybe a new piece of equipment that the owners decided to go with instead of what was originally spec'd. Yeah, so there's always little things that we have to come back around and make sure it's going to fit and work. Um, it's not going to cause a bigger issue than expected. So probably similar to, to John's side of the with the visualization side, that, that um, BIM may not be used on every project. It's probably a selective projects. It's something that um, the owner decides that they want to, to have added on. Yep. The owner is a big deciding factor in that. And then it also is, you know, the size of project and the speed of the project. And if it's feasible, you know, a small little remodel project isn't going to need that BIM coordination to where a large remodel project uh, is definitely going to need that BIM coordination. And that's where we get into, you know, doing the 3D scans and verifying what's up above that ceiling space and what we have to work around in the future. From my point of view, I, I think BIM really helps us and our owners save money in this process of making these design decisions before construction work is put in place. It saves us time because you can do that redesign without having to do rework, right? It saves us time in the schedule. It saves us dollars in the budget. And we did an analysis of projects that use BIM versus projects that don't use BIM within just our company. And consistently, those projects that used BIM had fewer RFIs and fewer change orders. And so I think it's really helpful to understand that there's a real cost savings to the owner by by using this um, method. And again, going back to the, the Viz discussion, it just helps to visualize what we're putting in place and getting everybody on the same thinking plane so that when we talk about uh, delivering a predictable outcome, we all can agree what that outcome should be and we're all working towards the same goal. Having all this data in, in a 3D model helps us to be able to put our plans into a visual medium that's uh, you know so much easier for everybody to understand and digest. If I can add to that, I mean, we're really, I, what you're speaking to, Jeff, is we're moving that curve of where those cost impacts are earlier. And the earlier you can capture them, it's definitely lowering that. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and the owners, at the end of the day, if they can build you know, that project and have some savings benefit, then that's a, an exciting free thing for them that, you know, that we're able to help provide for them. Let's talk a little bit about um, 
you know, with reality capture programs and how this fits into our process, what are some of the technologies that we use and some partnerships that we may have? John? Yeah, so reality capture is starting to become a norm in construction. We're really fast-paced, um, and capturing that work put in place is becoming very critical. So kind of from an aerial perspective, we've really started to utilize drones um, co company-wide. We've had a lot of initiatives from our executive team on down, our Arizona office. They now require every single job to have a drone on site. And so we're really starting to see that impact to keep people accountable, keep people on schedule, track progress when you're on a large scale site. You know, these things are very, very valuable. The time savings, you almost can't even compare how fast it is to fly a drone in a couple of minutes to somebody going out and actually visually inspecting, walking on foot on some of these jobs. Um, and then also just the transparency it provides to our owner. We're scanning, we're taking really high resolution photos and videos and sending that progress update every single week to these project teams and the owners um, and even down through our subcontractors. So everybody involved, every stakeholder knows exactly what's being put in place every single week. And we even have some jobs that are flying multiple times a day ensuring that just because the pace of construction is so fast. And so... You know, we have that, that side of reality capture, and then we're starting to really get deep in, inside the buildings now. Um, we have technologies like Structure Insight, where a, a PE can take and walk with your 360 camera and document as if you were walking through the building yourself and be able to inspect and look up and down and side to side and see that work put in place and then be able to go back historically and see the progress and, and where things were put and installed. And, and so it's really providing a transparency to our owners and keeping us accountable for what we're building, as well as with Tim's group, we're utilizing the laser scanning. Um, so we're, we're going into these spaces, using a scanner, sending it up and getting, you know, millimeter accurate scans of existing spaces, tracking and seeing what's there when we need to build. And then Tim's team can go and coordinate their design models right on top of what's actually there. So, you know, reality capture is a huge part of what we're doing. And it's, it's, it's really catching on and becoming a norm that, you know, we have to keep working towards to keep on pace with our projects. Tim, do you want to add anything to that at all? Yeah, I guess I'm mostly heavily into the, you know, the point cloud 3D scanning of it. And that has become a very big thing for us. I remember the days of when we didn't do scans and trying, and you'd have, you know, contractors out there taking measuring tapes and trying to get that, you know, pipe back into the model. And it's never correct. I mean, it's always off by inches to feet. But then when we can get those scans in our models, it really speeds up the process of what, you know, we really know what we're up against. We know what's going to be remaining, what's been removed. And this is stuff we'll even do earlier on and get this 3D scan and give it to the owner. I was on a project recently where, you know, there was a whole bunch of waste pipe that was going um, right through middle of rooms that the design team didn't take into account. And we were able to give that back to them and get in front of it and figure out solutions to, you know, work those pipes, either move them to another wall or figure out a new um, room layout to get those in there. How's the, how's the point cloud work? What do you do to establish all of that? Yeah, so with the point cloud, you can either use just the point cloud, we bring it into a program called Recap, and then we can bring that into you know our Navisworks coordination or into those Revit files. 
Um, but then we'll also hire out a team or we'll do it in-house uh, to transfer that point cloud into a Revit file for them. And that also makes it easier to do the clash detection and find those issues. I can imagine that being so much easier than in the past, right? Where you're, like you say, you're out there on site with tape measures and, and doing it by, you know, an older way. So, John, did you have something to add to that? I was just going to say, you know, we, we throw out a lot of acronyms in kind of the BIM VDC world. And so, you know, laser scanning, it's exactly what it sounds like. You're putting a, setting a laser scanner in the space and it's shooting out millions of points and tracking where, where things are. So you're getting a, an accurate, you know, digital, we, we call it a digital twin, you know, an actual copy of that space that has been built for, you know, years and years and years. We have an actual scan um, of that place using a laser scanner that's tracking millions of points in that. And it converts that into a file, a 3D file that we can use with our design models from the architect and subcontractors. Awesome. Jeff, question for you. Why do we invest in, in these programs? Why do we invest in VDC? Yeah, because it may, it may lead to a different design decision from the owner's perspective once they know that some kind of a conflict like this exists. When, when those things are caught later in the process, it may be too late because work's already been put in place and dollars have already been spent. So it overall adds tremendous value for our customers. Great. Final question, where do we see VDC technologies taking us next? What are you guys kind of, what are you envisioning with, you know, if you're looking at crystal ball, what are we looking at down the road? I mean, I, I think a step that it's starting to go towards is automation. A lot of these processes that become kind of tedious in the technology world, the processing, the developing of models, I feel it going kind of to the automation side, whether it's using scanners, drones, they have the robot dog that walks down the halls and, and creates this data. So, you know, it's really moving towards automation to where we have the data faster at our fingertips with less kind of work up front to gather that data. So where it's that time savings and, and the automation is going to make VDC a more cost-effective solution for owners because we're going to be able to gather the data super quick. It's going to all be automated. We'll run through the class detection and do all those other processes. It's just going to speed it up. And I, I see that being something that's kind of in the near future. Tim or Jeff, anything from you guys? Yeah, uh, going back to the point we have established earlier, that these tools and these technologies help us in delivering predictable outcomes to our customers. A quick point on reality capture from my perspective, uh, you know, we, we sometimes work in spaces that are, you know, existing facilities that are maybe 50, 60 years old. And the level of as-built information that we have to work on is sometimes non-existent and sometimes very poor. And I think from a facilities management perspective, what uh, this type of data that we're capturing during our construction processes help the owner down the road be able to know what's behind that wall or know where the pipes are running or the, the ductwork is running and be able to, to make construction alterations down the road. I mean, that's real value to our owners. But um, all of these technologies we look at as helping us deliver predictable outcomes and helping our owner have a successful experience with us and 
be able to manage their facility once we turn it over to them. I mean, that that's great value for them. And, and we see that as a, a key investment strategy for us. Great. It's interesting because I think if we looked back five or 10 years ago, if we took ourselves back, we probably may not have guessed a lot of the stuff that's happening right now. Some of it, yes, but maybe not all of it. So it'll be interesting to jump ahead again another five to 10 years and see really what has changed and what is, you know, uh, developed within this, uh, with the technology within this industry. So pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah. And I think overall the future of all this, we didn't touch on prefabrication, but prefabrication is dependent on having all this information designed in a 3d environment. And to the extent that, uh, we're kind of industrializing some of the construction processes that usually take place on site. This is going to lead to, uh, you know, more capabilities of industrializing, you know, that manufacturing process of some of the prefabricated um, elements that we're putting into our projects. And that results in dollar savings to our owners. Also, I, I think when you overlay artificial intelligence on top of all of the vast amounts of data that we have in the BIM world and in the cost accounting world and the scheduling world, I could see some benefits down the road of being able to analyze and, and even do uh, estimates based off of, you know, artificial intelligence data that, uh, you know, it can see what types of things were built in previous projects and how much they cost. And then it can infer what that would cost on a new design on a new project that we have a model for. So th those are a couple of things that I think we could see in the not too distant future. I'm going to add to that. I think that it's, it's going to be a verification to make sure that, you know, when they're actually going to install that it is installed in the correct spot and isn't going to cause an issue down the, the road. I think that's where this automation is really going to kick in, at least for my side of things. We'd like to thank our VDC team, John Ferguson, Jeff Metcalf, and Tim McLaughlin for joining us in today's episode of Building Conversations, the STO Building Group podcast. I'm Brian Packer with Layton Construction, and we hope that you have a great day. Thanks for listening to Building Conversations. For more episodes like this, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the Structure Tone website.